We are all losers in Kim's COVID casino. What a week. Welcome to What a Week, where we break down the week's top news stories. My name is Matt Sinovic. I'm the executive director of Progress Iowa. And I'm Lauren McMill, the digital director for Progress Iowa. Every week we we discuss the, the top stories of the week. And this week, much as it has been the last several weeks um, and what feels like a never-ending eternity, um, the story is coronavirus, COVID-19, this pandemic that we are living in and living under. Um, uh, and um, Lauren, do you want to take us through, uh, you've been monitoring this very closely. Would you take us through the latest numbers and what we know about how the disease has impacted the state of Iowa? Sure. So that's the whole episode. I mean, <laughs> but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the, the numbers are, there are currently 13,675 people in Iowa who have tested positive and then there are unfortunately 318 Iowans who have died as a result of COVID-19. Um, and we'll talk about this later, but uh, Kim Reynolds has not been sending out those numbers every day like she used to. And her uh, her answer to that today when someone asked, when one of the reporters asked her was that like, oh, it's all on the website. We don't need to. Yeah, I mean, I can bet you if those numbers were going down or if people were going back to work or if there was good news to be shared, they'd be blasting it in not just emails, but in every way, shape, or form. And They'd hire skywriters. Right. And so the fact that they're not is pretty clear that they know that this is not good news. And this is, I mean, it's it's definitely not, but they, they understand that and they're not trumpeting it, but, um, but they need to share the information with us. So I know we're going to get into that as well. So this is our um, modified quarantine edition. Um, last week we talked about Mike Pence um, uh, wanting him to stay home, and although he didn't, even though he had a staffer who tested positive. Um, but now, even but now that she's been exposed because of her DC visit and that exposure to Pence's staffer. Kim Reynolds, Governor Kim Reynolds, is undergoing what she's calling a modified quarantine. Lauren, how do you how do you sort of quarantine? You hold daily press briefings with no one in the room. True. And have reporters call in so that you can't. I wonder so what else get, she's doing though. I don't know. Terrace Hill seems pretty big, so I I highly doubt like she's getting stir crazy or anything. That's true. Plus, she gets to go to Johnston every day to give these these briefings to the state emergency uh, headquarters. Yeah, some like our state operations emergency operations center. Yeah, it uh, it is pretty striking that she's doing any sort of quarantine after while reopening the state. I mean, which I know we're gonna talk about next, but. Um, I don't want these things to be open. I think I think businesses should remain closed as much as as much as is literally possible right now. Um, but but I do think if if they are going to be open when when they're open, our governor, mayor, everybody, you know, the leaders who are deciding to reopen these things, they need to be confident enough to be out there and demonstrating 
that it's safe for them to be open, which means Kim Reynolds, instead of um, uh, getting her hair dyed at home, should go to, you know, to a salon or they should go out and go bowling or whatever, you know, uh, whatever the thing might be. Um, but that is not the case. She is quarantining, modified quarantining. And, and the legislature, I think, pushed back their start date a little bit again. Yeah, they are not coming back until – they're supposed to come back tomorrow or today, depending on when you – we're recording on May 14th. <laughs> tomorrow is May 15th. That is the day that they were supposed to come back in and consider, I think, just the budget, and then they were going to leave. Um, but they are pushing that back to June 3rd now, and – which, like, fine, that's their prerogative. But it's also, like, you're expecting all these workers to go back to work on the 15th and our legislators are push or get, the, get the opportunity to push that back. Which, like, people who work on either frontline jobs or they work um, in businesses that are just now opening up, they don't have that... They don't necessarily have that opportunity... And it's a real disconnect between, like, the governor telling – I'm sure she didn't tell them that they could, like, they could push back, but there's definitely yeah, a disconnect. Yeah, I mean, it's up to the legislature, like, but, yeah. it, but she – the governor is not ordering people to go back to work, but she's putting them in a position where if they don't go back to work, they have a chance of losing any unemployment benefits. They, they either have to – show up to work and get paid, or if they don't show up to work because they feel unsafe, unless they fit some specific criteria, then she's saying that they may not get the unemployment benefits that they that they would have. And if they don't have sick leave that covers it, like it just puts people in a, in a really bad, uh, it gives them only bad choices to make. You know, show up to work, get paid, but put yourself and your family at risk of contracting this disease. Stay home, and risk losing your paycheck, um, but you're you have a better chance of staying healthy. So it's creating this situation where you just where there there are only bad choices for people, and that's the that's what um, that's what the what the governor's decisions are forcing upon us. She's also giving really confusing guidance about like how people are supposed to reopen, like. How much? And these are again just guidance. These are just recommendations. She's not mandating that people go th like stop work every two hours or every four hours to do a deep clean and sanitize everything. Um, which like when a lot of, I'm not saying that all small businesses would do that, but a lot of people will try and like cut some corners to maximize the efficiency of their employees and. That's not what we should be doing right now. No, and it's like I mean, it's uh, it, it's. I heard it put this way earlier this week. That I mean, if the speed limit was ninety miles an hour or hundred miles an hour, even though that might not be safe, would people go the speed limit? Probably, they would probably increase and, and go ninety miles an hour. Would there be some people who would drive safely and go 65, 70, 75 miles an hour? Yes, there would be. But there's going to be enough people, enough businesses, enough employers who aren't willing to just do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, um, who are going to 
ignore the recommendations and guidelines because they're not going to be enforced and they're going to put their employees at risk and they're going to put all of, it, of, of us at risk because that's how this disease is going to continue to spread. And that's why there's all these, there are all these predictions about, um, about a spike in cases and in cases and deaths and, 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 and in, um, in making this even worse than, than it has been. Todd Dorman from uh, the Cedar Rapids Gazette put it very well, which those that she is basically rolling the dice on and gambling with our lives, with workers' lives, with every Iowan's life. And like based on her press conferences, you would think that we've already passed the peak. She doesn't mention the numbers anymore. She just talks about reopening things. Uh, we have no idea when the peak was is or was because we don't we don't have access to the modeling that they're using. The the most widely available metrics that we've seen are from the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation. And it's the graph just keeps getting higher and there's no sign of it leveling out at any time. And like the death count keeps going up. This has been one of the deadliest weeks that we've seen. Um, which has led to Governor Reynolds referring to these deaths as lagging indicators. She's not talking about people who have died because of this. And as I would really hope that, like, personally, she's calling every one of these people's families because that's really the least she can do to tell people that, like, she's in a perfect world. We wouldn't be reopening. Kim Reynolds would say the numbers and spent and send out the numbers every morning. She would be calling the families of the people who have died and ensuring that people who are going back to work are going to have the proper protective equipment and be able to, you know, reduce the line speed at these uh, meatpacking plants and keep workers safe because it's been uh, during a, a call earlier this week. Uh, Charlie Wishman, who is the president of the AFL-CIO in Iowa, was talking about how referring that this is referring to this as a war rationalizes a certain amount of collateral damage, and specifically collateral damage being human lives. And we can't be that's not a mindset that we can have right now because people are worth worth saving. And I don't know when that became a controversial take, but especially for a party that calls itself pro-life. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's all well put, but it's not, I mean, I, I want to think about like the fact that she's describing this as lagging and in, lagging indicators and our healthcare, our lives um, are not, you know, lagging indicators to like round off in a spreadsheet for some business or for the governor. I mean, that's, that's pretty, it's a pretty stark example of how they view, uh, view all of us. And, 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 and it just doesn't, it just, it, it doesn't make you feel good about where their priorities are and, and doesn't really give me a lot of hope for how they're going to get us out of this mess, um, anytime soon. That's it. That's the TED talk. That that's the tweet. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and speaking of 
elected officials and businesses and business uh, leaders that really do not prioritize workers. Um, Amazon and Walmart are two of the worst examples during this crisis, um, but they are also um, running these ads. If you've been watching TV or watching um, anything online uh, that, that has ad content, you probably have seen a version of this where they're using their workers to star in some of these ads um, to bolster their brand while at the same time exploiting them and not paying them, not putting them in safe conditions. So um, Lauren took some of these ads from online and we did research and found some of the worst examples of their bad uh, bad actions um, to hold them accountable. Um, Lauren, the, the, the videos that you cut look great, um, although it's extremely troubling to see these headlines next to these happy singing faces um, of some of these employees. But uh, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that and that sort of juxtaposition and, and the horrible actions of Amazon and Walmart. I think if Amazon and Walmart have this much money to be spending all of this on ad buys for nationwide ad buys, why not use that money to pay your employees a fair living wage? And not it's not just like even just the fairness of pay or anything. It's that they're not getting hazard pay for being essential workers because like these people cannot go home because obviously grocery stores need to stay open. It's not even that like it's they're not getting paid fair living wages. It's that there are like zero protections or minimal negligible protections put in place for people like who work at these places. And I mean, a, a sh plastic shield or something in front of the cashier is a good start. But how about maybe like staggering shifts or I don't run businesses. So clearly this is, but, right, but any of the recommendations just do that. And then above and beyond, right? Yeah. Like don't yeah. just do the bare minimum or, um, and because like, I think it's different for, I mean, if you're a local restaurant business that doesn't have billions of dollars like an Amazon or Walmart, I mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't protect your workers, but I'm saying you should probably stay closed. You should like think about what you need to be doing to keep your folks safe. If you're Amazon and Walmart, there's no excuse. I mean, you have the money, you have the resources. You're not going to be hurting in the long run if you take a little bit of time and money to protect your people. So do it. You know, I mean, they they have a um, they have the resources to do it. There's no excuse for them. Our producer Greg wrote in our outline that Jeff Bezos, the Amazon founder, could give every Amazon warehouse worker a check for five hundred grand and still be a billionaire several times over. I think people sometimes don't understand how much like a million is versus a billion, like. A million seconds, I think, is like a couple of weeks. A billion seconds is like 30 years. It's a long time. Which is very different than, than that. Which also, most of these people who are working in these places are making minimum wage or they're making less than poverty level wages. And it's in the richest country in the world, run by one of the richest men in the world, and he clearly has enough money that he could be giving it 
if only there was some way he could give that money to infrastructure and schools and things like that, you know, and if only there was an agency that could collect it and we could call it the intern, the internal revenue service or something. It's crazy talk. Crazy talk. Socialist. (laughs) Shared responsibility. Um, It's ridiculous. Could go toward Uh, bridges and roads that everyone drives on. Including Amazon drivers. Including Amazon drivers. So, um, for sure. And and so I, I, I think the the videos that you put together tell the story well, and and I we should include those in the uh, post for this episode. Um, but encourage everyone to watch those and share them with as many people as you can um, to uh, to help spread the word about what Amazon and Walmart are actually doing. And uh, again, we are continuing our Iowa COVID-19 daily series, which includes articles about what's happening in Iowa, most recent numbers from the state, because you're not getting them from Kim Reynolds anymore, and then resources. And then I try to put some happy news in there. The top happy news for this week was that Hamilton is going to be released on Disney Plus in July. Uh, I was very happy about that. And then also, Krispy Kreme is doing free donut day on May 19th for graduating seniors, class of 2020. So that's pretty watch Hamilton when it comes out. Get your donuts next week. What more do you need other than, you know, a competent government and to get out of quarantine? But what more do you need, really? I was going to say other than if like they were both happening at the same time, but I like yours better. What a Week is produced by Progress Iowa as part of the Potluck Media Network and would not be possible without grassroots supporters like you. We are mixed and edited by Greg Howenstein. For more information, visit potluck.fm or find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave us a five-star review and subscribe. See you next week on What a Week. What a Week.